1: Terms and conditions apply. This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw, live from the Circus Sportsbook on VCEN, the Sports Betting Network.
2: Welcome into Odds On. I'm Mike Palm. He is Amal Shaw on this President Washington's birthday. It's not Amal technically called President's Day. Congress never passed any act changing it. So it, technically, it's Washington's birthday. And what that means is we have early action especially in the NHL. A nice slate today. Bruins a closed a 150 dog here at Circa, leading the Avalanche, 1-0 in Boston after the first period.
3: Yeah, give it the other two periods. I'm sure the Lanch will come back in this one. Long way to go here. This Bees team has struggled all year long. I took under two and a half in the second period. Second period bet and laid 160 here. Do Have we started the second period No, no, yet? not yet. Not yet. So, okay, we'll be so... Sweat. so
2: Just so everyone knows, if you're watching on vston.com, where my eyes are here during the <laughs> first few segments of the show. Well, I've been gone for... Effectively two weeks with that Monday in between. You and Femi did a tremendous job uh, analyzing all the props before the Super Bowl. And then last week, what a great dive into the NBA and some college basketball, Amal. And speaking of college basketball, certainly an interesting day yesterday with a lot of close finishes. Let's start out um, in Indiana at Butler, where Providence found themselves down 19 early in the second half. Still down seven with two and a half minutes to go. But rallied to win in overtime, 71-70, not covering the three or three and a half.
3: Yeah, we got to give this team a ton of credit. Another road win, and this team just knows how to win close games. That is a key cog for Ed Cooley's team. And by the way, that was an important win because they they have to go to Nova this weekend. Mm -hmm. And if they were to lose that game, they could still get a co-share of the Big East title. So really an impressive comfort behind victory. And of course, Butler and uh, Jordan, they just can't close out games. That was a game they should have gotten. And you and I were talking about this before we came on the air. PC, the first thing they should be doing today at practice is working on free throws. 12 of 24 from the line, i all. And still winning on the
2: road. Still winning. If they could have made some free throws, they actually could have covered that game in overtime. Absolutely. Uh, the committee came out with their initial rankings of the top 16. The, I like the, this, by the way. Pro- I love it. Providence right now, the overall 15th seed, the third four seed. Important win to keep them on that top four line as well with a date at in Philadelphia with Villanova coming up. Houston. Ranked 14th, took two overtimes to win at Wichita State, 76-74, not covering as a seven-point favorite. I ask you, Amal, is Houston still a viable Final Four team?
3: I, I think with the injuries this year, they're not quite as strong, but they defend, and I love the tenacity with which they play. Did you see the finish of that game? I did not. Oh, one of the best finishes all year in college basketball. Loose ball, they pick it up, they make a play, they get a, bus, a bucket. Wichita State comes right back down the other way, five seconds remaining. Houston gets a dunk with, I think, what? One second remaining. It, it was an unbelievable finish. I'm going to tell you, if you could buy stock in a program, the University of Houston, when they go to the Big 12, with Holgerson coaching football and Kelvin Sampson in basketball, this is going to be a force of a program in both sports in that league.
2: I, I saw Kelvin uh, Sampson's game conference where he talked about our ability to close in this game was due to the fact that we didn't execute in the final five seconds against Wisconsin in the tournament out here in Las Vegas. And every practice since, we've gone over final five seconds over and over and over again.
3: Well, I'll tell you what, you talk about coaching paying off. They did a tremendous job in this game with five seconds remaining to get in the bucket. You saw Wichita State kind of playing a little bit of Matador defense and give the Cougars credit for getting the ball down the floor and winning on the road. Speaking of terrific finishes, uh, USC ranked 17th. Boogie Ellis
2: with a 16-footer with .2 seconds left to beat Washington State 62-60 in front of, front of 4,200 fanatic fans at the Galen Center. <laughs> well,
3: it was a Sunday night. You should have a well, decent crowd in Los Angeles. 4.30 start at the Galen Center. Not too bad in terms of traffic. I'll tell you right now, though, a lot of fun to watch USC play. And the reason is this. It's the best five-on-five pickup game I've ever seen. You know when you see everyone runs shirts and skins and they have no coaching? It's kind of like Andy Enfeld's offense. There is no coaching. Every guy holds the ball for 24 seconds. Throws up a bad shot, and you just hope it goes in or we get an offensive rebound. It is unbelievable the the type of sets they run. Boogie Ellis had to make a play on his own there. Takes a tough 15-foot turnaround, Jay, and knocks it down. The length on this defense and their, their prowess defensively is what keeps them in games. I'm going to tell you right now, this team is going to go 3-for-17 in the first half in the tournament game in round two, and they're going to get bounced by somebody. They have talent. They don't know how to utilize it. Rank 17th. They've only lost
2: four games on the year. Playing in a tough pack, 12. They're flirting with a top-four seed right now.
3: Well, outside of Oregon, who played well at the McHale Center Saturday and obviously UCLA and uh, uh, Arizona, what other team in the in the Pac-12 do you look at and say, wow, this team is a hallmark of consistency?
2: Well, they're not. Speaking of the team, they just beat Washington State. I don't know what to make of this team. They look great at times, and they look awful at times.
3: They have great talent. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dennis Robinson, DJ, plays for this team. I love the way he plays, defends, does, knocks down three-point shots. No consistency from them, though. Uh, Noah Williams has regressed. Anybody who's a Cougars fan knows what I'm talking about. He has gotten worse the last year compared to what he was two years ago. And uh, to me, this team is one that I wish they had a better season because they would have been dangerous in the tournament because of how they defend. All right. And then finally,
2: the headline game of the day, although it didn't finish last. Wisconsin, at home, only a a two-and-a-half or three-point favorite against Michigan, wins 77-63. to Johnny Davis has 25 for the Badgers. But the story is the end of the game unless the story is how much he got down on Wisconsin. <laughs> uh, in the handshake line at the end of the game, uh, Juwan Howard, Michigan's head coach, took a swing, not really a punch, more of an open-handed slap at um, Wisconsin assistant Joe Krabenhoff. Howard was upset that with 15 seconds to go and up 15, Greg Gard had called a timeout to help his reserves Try to break the half-court trap. They were down to four seconds to get it across midcourt, and he didn't think they would. He took exception to that, and then the melee is sued in the handshake line. Will Jawan Howard be fired? What do you think is going to happen?
3: I don't think he'll be fired. I think he'll be suspended. I think the award manual and company, the, uh, the appropriate thing, would be probably suspended for the remainder of the season. You're talking two regular season games and then the Big Ten tournament. Uh, I know people think they're locked to make the tournament. I don't see it that way. The NIT? Yeah, that's what I said. They've got no it's,
2: shot of making the tournament.
3: Well, I don't know if I would say no shot, but they've no. got to have a deep run. They still no. got. To, they, don't they have a return game with Michigan State yeah, at home? Or is did, it,
2: I think they. I, I don't even know if getting to the finals of the Big Ten tournament can get them there.
3: I looked at their wins, and aside from the win that they had last week at uh, Iowa, at Iowa, uh, what else have they won on the road? I mean, to me, this is not a particularly good team. Uh, by the way, this is the second incident with uh, Juwan Howard. Remember last year in the Big Ten tournament against Mark Turgeon in Maryland? You know, he, he wanted to take on the former Jayhawk. Got thrown out of that game. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So this is, this is going to be interesting to see what happens. I'm sure Jim Harbaugh will be there to greet him, you know, after, <laughs> after they win a game. Michigan's got to be able to win a big game, basketball. Uh, I know they did last year because they actually had some outside shooting. Aside from Eli Brooks, nobody on this team could shoot the basketball. Whenever you get teams that are so poorly, such poor shooting teams, I always wonder, especially at the free-throw line we talked about with PC, do they ever work on it? Because I, I'm convinced there are certain teams that's all they do, like Tad Boyle at Colorado. Again, a, a team that shoots better than 75%. Last year, number one in the nation. I think they came within percentage points of setting an all-time record. It's like, to me, certain teams work on it. And To me, in basketball, you got to turnovers, prevent turnovers and knock down free-throws. And you can be an average team and you can win a ton of games.
2: When I went to that game out here in Las Vegas, the finals of that tournament, mm-hmm. Michigan was ranked fourth. Arizona was unranked. I said, this is completely opposite. Michigan might not be a top 40 team. They're not a top 60 team. In Arizona, we see right now ranked number three, and we'll talk a little bit later about the initial uh, seedings in the tournament. Let's take a look at three games tonight, Amal, uh, involving ranked teams, and we'll start out uh, in your former stomping grounds, Columbus, Ohio, 4 o'clock Pacific time on FS1 from Value City Arena, Indiana, at Ohio State. We remember this game well, all, because the first time around when they played in Bloomington, I took... Ohio State plus three and a half. I said the wrong team's favored. You told me it was a bad play. Indiana had their way in that game after falling behind by 10 in the opening six minutes. They beat them 75, uh, excuse me, 67 to 51. That was on January 7th. Jackson Davis had 27 for the Hoosiers. Times have changed a little bit now. Indi- uh, Indiana's lost four straight headed into this matchup now below 500 in the Big Ten, 7 and 8. Ohio State ranked 18th. They lost at home to Iowa over the weekend, 75-62 as a five-point favorite. The Buckeyes favored by six and a half tonight, all with a total of 135 and a half.
3: Yeah, no play here on this game. Revenge spot for Ohio State. You referenced it, losing by 16 in Bloomington in a game that was fairly tight early on, and then Indiana pulls away. I think it's going to be a tough spot for the Hoosiers to get the outright win. I think Ohio State bounces back after that horrific showing in the second half of that game against Iowa on Saturday. I don't know if you saw any of that game. I did. Was I was a, tempted to take Ohio State in game, and I'm glad I didn't. Well, I thought it was a terrible foul call on Wheeler on a Jordan Bohannon three-point shot with one on the shot clock. I mean, to me, it was like Bohannon put his arm into the guy, and Ohio State was fortunate. Bohannon got four good looks in the second half early on, and he missed three of them from the three-point arc. So, Ohio State's going to have to play better defensively uh, against this Indiana team. But if you can slow down TG, uh, TJD, I think they got a great chance to be able to win this game.
2: Amal, um, well, you had a spirited exchange with Femi last week mm-hmm. about Winners and losers and what's winning and
3: losing. For this Ohio State program, what's considered success at this point? I think if this team could get to an Elite Eight, Sweet 16 is probably the expectation. Mm -hmm. I think they think that's where they are. I think this team is a round of 32 with a good matchup. With a great matchup in the round of 16, they could potentially get to an Elite Eight, but I don't think they're that good of a team. I think they are somewhere between that 16 to 32 range.
2: If they get to the Elite Eight, Mm -hmm. don't make the Final Four, are you disappointed in their
3: season? No, because I don't have any expectations for this team. But I, I I don't look. I'm going to tell you right now. Okay, I am a so-called, I say so-called Ohio State fan. Because you know, I'm a bigger college football fan than I am a Buckeye fan. And to me, I'm not even worried about that. Like, right? I just want to know what the number is. You give me three and a half, I'm on the Ohio State Buckeyes tonight. I'm not worried about that. I don't get the argument sometimes. When you have pedestrian coaches like Hubert Davis, you want to coach. Listen, North Carolina is... The cream of the cream, the top of the top in terms of college basketball programs, UCLA, Kentucky, Kansas, North Carolina, those are your That's four. It. That's it. Yeah. There's
2: a big line after those
3: four. Absolutely. There's <laughs> a huge point of demarcation. When you look at, you know, it's funny. We had George Carl on, Brent Musburger and I had George Carl on, and I asked him a question about North Carolina. Do you want to know what it meant to him about Carolina? He said to me afterwards, he goes, I really appreciate you asking me about Carolina. He goes, and you know this extremely well because you followed this program. You've had a chance to meet uh, Coach Smith. This program... When you look at the guys that have come through there, and I thought about this afterwards, Larry Brown, only coach to win a national championship and an NBA title. Billy Cunningham won a a title. Oh, by the way, some guy you might have heard of, Michael Jordan, James Worthy. I mean, you look at Jerry Stackhouse, all the players that have come through this program, Vince Sanity, it's unbelievable.
2: 27 straight
3: years, first, second, or third, the ACC. 12 straight years, Dean Smith made the Sweet 16. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Uh, vcin has a great new offer that can only be described as madness you get vcin all access to everything we do from now to the college basketball championship on april 4th for only 29 dollars. sign up now and get our daily best bet emails 24 7 video access the upcoming college hoops betting guide bracket breakdowns plus full access to vcin.com with our exclusive betting split breakdowns on every game this deal only happens once a year so don't miss out visit vcin.com slash madness to sign up today next up the nhl
1: Terms and conditions apply. This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw on VSEN, the sports betting network.
2: Welcome back. This segment of Odds On is brought to you by Zen nicotine pouches, a fresh way to enjoy nicotine without all the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. No more smelling like an ashtray, no more spit cups, and no batteries to charge or leaky equipment to deal with. Zen nicotine pouches are smoke-free, spit-free, and available in ten varieties, like spearmint. Wintergreen, or Amal's personal favorite, Citrus. And for your convenience, each variety comes in two strings, so you can easily find the satisfaction level that's perfect for you. Zen America's number one nicotine pouch is available in over 100,000 locations nationwide, meaning it's never been easier to find your Zen. So head on over to zen.com slash find to locate a store near you. That's Z-Y-N F-I-N-D. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Welcome back into Odds On. Mike Palm here with Amal Shaw. Terrific day of NHL hockey. Great job, Gary Bettman, the scheduler, spreading it all out. Game's at 10, noon, 1, 2, 4, 7. I love it.
3: Well, I've never heard anyone use the word Gary Bettman. Great job in the same sentence. Tremendous labor guy. Now,
2: <laughs> as we said, the game underway already in Boston. The Bruins closed as a $1.50, dog lead 1-0 after the second period. Let's go to the second game, which goes off right after our show gets over. 3 o'clock in the East. Noon here in the West. Hurricanes at the Flyers. This is a battle of the top and bottom of that division. Hurricanes in first place in the Metro. Big victory yesterday. They were up 2-0 at the Igloo at Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh rallied with two late goals in the second period to tie it 2-2. The Hurricanes scored a goal in the first 15 seconds of the second and third period. Took the lead 3-2, eventually winning that game 4-3 to give themselves some separation. Now two point up on the Penguins with three games in hand. 72 points overall. The Flyers have had a brutal year. 7th in the metro with only 39 points, Hurricanes lane up to 235 now as we get word Martin Jones instead of Carter Hart for the Flyers. Jones 6-9-2 with an ERA of 3.58 as our good friend Hold on, go ahead. as our good friend Bobano used to say, uh, Martin Jones couldn't stop a beach ball. <laughs> Do You like laying the, the price here with the Hurricanes and all or perhaps look
3: at the puck line total six on this you game. You have to go puck line here with the Hurricanes. First of all, I know you're excited about baseball, but let's go with goals against average instead of ERA. Oh, okay. <laughs> then and the other thing Pictures is... Kitchers and catchers
2: we're supposed to report. report. I know. Go. God, we exactly. might not We have a
3: long summer here, Amal, if we don't get some baseball. Well, we got the great commissioner, Rob Manfred, there. <laughs> so we're in good hands as baseball fans. <laughs> um, you know, you look at this Flyers team really oh. struggling right now. Oh. 15, 15, 25, and nine overall losers of four in a row. They just have not played well. I'm telling you right now, if you're the Philadelphia Flyers, you're looking at the schedule going, dude, I can't believe we still got 33 games left. This is a long stretch for them to get through. You're trying to avoid injuries, just trying to get through this season. This team has been horrendous for a while now. Carolina continues to play well. I think this team's going to be dangerous. This is going to be a terrific postseason. I can't wait till we get into it. But um, Carolina laying a goal and a half or no play here. Don't want to take Philly plus a goal and a half either. Um, Let me ask you this, Amal. When looking
2: at futures in the NHL, and yes. I only have one right now, I have the Rangers at 25 to one. I keep I keep being impressed by the Hurricanes, and I keep being impressed by the Panthers. These two teams look awfully good. But at the end of the day, can you wrap your head around Freddie Anderson
3: and Big Sergei Bobrovsky? Neither guy. Okay, so let's start with. That. I had a friend of mine he bet a futures on the Panthers at eight to one about two months ago, back in December. And I can't believe the line is still the same. Mm-hmm. The Panthers, they have no respect They're going for the on the Panthers. road. They're beating, they're beating everybody they're on the road. They rallied to be, win in Carolina last week. Were they the ones who was up in Minnesota this weekend that just trounced the Wild? That was the Panthers. The Panthers it was the Panthers, right? 62 <laughs> yes. I'm like, they're a road favorite against the Wild, who have been tremendous at the Excel Center. But this team gets no respect. Um, I'm not going to back the Lanch. I got to see it in the postseason. They haven't been able to deliver. I'm with you. Tampa, can they go for three in a row? It's hard to believe that they're going to be able to I don't know. I think it's wide open. Nobody's talking about Pittsburgh and the job they're doing right now. I think this team is dangerous. I think they're very solid. I think they've got an opportunity. I mean, I know they've been a little bit inconsistent at times, but I still feel like the experience, they could be dangerous. Let me give you a team that's not even on this board. And it's a story that happened
2: a couple of years ago where an unknown rookie by the name of Jordan Bennington took the Blues to an NHL title. Now they have an unknown rookie who's replaced Jordan Bennington as the number one goalie, Vile Husso. This guy's been dynamite. They just won in Toronto over the weekend.
3: Yeah, He's got less than two goals against. He's been tremendous. You alluded to 12 wins in 17 games, two overtime losses along the way here. He's been tremendous, but I don't know. I'm not buying St. Louis fully. I like his goaltending, and that's what it really comes down to when you get in the playoffs. You need that goaltender who's going to limit your opponent to one to two goals because that's how the games are won. All right, let's
2: move to the next game, which may have the team that we're looking at out of the West that uh, is getting some attention right now. That's Calgary Flames. This game goes off... At 1 o'clock Pacific time, uh, Canadian matchup. Jets at Flames from the Olympic Saddle Dome in Calgary. Calgary, all has won nine straight games. Markstrom has been tremendous, 22-10-5. A goals against of only 2.09. Jets, you know, uh, Paul Maurice resigned. They just haven't seemed to be able to put it together here. Hellebuck plays almost every game. What's Comrie started? Like six games all year, so I assume you're going to get... Hellebuck here, but they find themselves on the outside looking in sixth place in the central. While the Flames have risen now and are in first in the Pacific with 64 points. Big price today, 230 on the Flames at home. Puck line plus 110, $1. I got it at 110, uh, if I give you a little
3: yeah. hint there. Total of six. Um, you know, when you look at this matchup, this Calgary team, I talked about them a couple of months ago. I said they're gonna be dangerous. I like Markstrom a lot. Uh, This team right now playing extreme well. Again, this is a puck line situation. The problem is, unless you're parlaying a couple of these money lines, it's so hard to lay the 230. But hockey can be precarious when you look at some of these matchups and you've got to lay a goal and a half. It's always a little bit scary. By the way, one thing to note real quick. If the Minnesota Wild are involved in a game and they're down two goals, they're going to pull their goalie with seven, eight minutes to go. I mean, this is something you need to note if you're going to bet an in play under or you're going to lay a goal, I mean, two and a half goals with the opponent. you got a great opportunity. And what are they doing out there?
2: Yeah, uh, update here: Patrice Bergeron scored eight minutes into the second period. The bees now leading, uh, now leading the Avs two to nothing here midway through the second period. May we look at an Avs money line here in Game of All? You're confident in Colorado. Uh, four o'clock Pacific time. Another all Canadian matchup. This time from the Bell Center in Montreal. The Maple Leafs at the Canadians. Canadians have won two in a row, including a shootout victory on Long Island yesterday, three to two. Andrew Hammond was in goal yesterday for the Canadians. His first win in the NHL as a goaltender in three years since he won a game um, for Ottawa. Don't assume you'll get him tonight. Probably Blue. Pete Peter and the Wolf. Peter Morazic will be in net tonight for the Canadian or for the uh, um, Toronto Maple Leaf. Six three and two with the uh, goals against two nine five. Um, Big number here, though. I can't lay 350 with the team on the road. Now Three, up to 390, 390 here. I don't even know if I'd look at the puck line. Total 6.5 here, Amal. It's either a pass or an under for me.
3: Yes, yeah, 6.5, big, big number. number there. Yeah, I mean, see, that's the one thing. You can be able to get off of numbers pretty quickly in hockey. So I think the 6.5 is not a bad play if you like it. Uh, no play here. By the way, Mrazik's name sounds like he should be part of a band from the 80s. <laughs> I always
2: liked him in Detroit. I thought he was a solid solid number two. Totally. And and he's been okay here. Look, Jack Campbell's played out of his mind again in his in his sophomore season. So they, they have a little bit of a goaltending uh, uh, duo here. Although they ship Freddie Anderson out of there. And after uh, stops in Anaheim and Toronto, he's been
3: excellent in Carolina. Freddie Anderson's like that crafty lefty that goes five innings, but you're still waiting for that one inning to implode. Yeah. And that's kind of how I feel about him.
2: All right. And then the final
3: matchup tonight,
2: the only one that will be nationally televised on the NHL Network is the Kraken at the Canucks. The Kraken in their initial year in last place in the Pacific with 36 points. The Canucks in sixth with 52 points. Uh, Canucks have lost three in a row here. Thatcher Demko has been solid for them. 20, 16, and 2 with a 2.67 goals against. Canucks, a dollar seventy favorite at home with a total of five and a half of them all.
3: I'd have to go with Vancouver here despite the high price Um this Seattle team, for some reason, their numbers are far lower in terms of the betting markets than I would have anticipated. This team has not performed well. You know,
2: and, you look at these games are all two dollars, two fifty, three dollars. Yeah. Why isn't this game two dollars? That's what I'm
3: saying. Yeah, I, I feel like the Kraken are uh, at a cheaper price. I think Vancouver's to play here, even though it's high at 170. I don't want to lay the puck line though because you get plus 145. But I, I'm just not convinced right now that they're going to be able to score enough goals to be able to pull away.
2: You're interested in you said about these big money line favorites and putting them in parlays. Maybe I'll have. One of those for you in the playbook. Um, Amal, I want to talk about this uh, initial 16 they released, the men's committee, um, the top four seeds, right now at this point in the season. Now, this was released Saturday morning. I I didn't see it, so we're good. Okay, this was released Saturday morning before Mm -hmm. the Saturday games. Right. Okay. Here are the one seeds. Gonzaga, Arizona, Auburn, and Kansas. The two seeds are Baylor, Kentucky, Purdue, and Duke, and this is in the order. So I'll, I'll repeat it. Gonzaga, one, Auburn, two, Arizona, three, Kansas, four. Those are the one seeds. The two seeds, Baylor, effectively fifth, Kentucky sixth, Purdue seventh, Duke eighth. The three seeds, Villanova ninth, Texas Tech tenth, Tennessee eleventh, Illinois twelfth. And the four seeds, Wisconsin 13th, UCLA 14th, Providence 15th, Texas 16th. Tennessee and Texas both lost um, on Saturday after after the seedings were ranked. Any thoughts on the initial 16?
3: Not worried about the Tennessee loss. Losing at the bud against that Arkansas team on the road. No shame in that. Texas have to be concerned. You couldn't beat a team at home. You played a perfect first half and were only tied against the Red Raiders. And then the Red Raiders really dominated the second half of that basketball game. Big 12 coach of the year and maybe the coach of the year. He's
2: national coach of the year. Forget this kid at Arizona. What Mark Adams has done, look at the talent at Arizona and look at the talent at Texas Tech. And don't tell me about putting the guys on a free throw line with four seconds disqualifying. Although I was, I was pretty upset. I was pretty upset because I had Texas tech plus three and a half in that game.
3: Mike sends me a Texas Mark Adams national coach of the year. I said, well, why has he got a guy at the free throw line up four and then we go up five and then they commit a foul with four seconds remaining. Brutal. Nobody should yeah. be off the line. Brutal. That's coaching one-on-one. I don't know, I'll make the case for Tommy Lloyd a little bit more when we get into a little bit more college hoops here, but interesting. It's going to be a great year in the March madness. All right,
2: when we come back, we'll run down the rest of the slate in college basketball.
1: This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw on VCN, the Sports Betting
2: Network. Need more college basketball insight than Amal Shaw? Doubtful, but check out the podcast Coast to Coast Hoops. Greg Hoops Peterson will look at every major and some of the minor college basketball games on the upcoming schedule to find betting opportunities. Greg has an opinion on every single college hoops game of the season, and on this podcast, he provides his unique insights and looks for those games that have solid betting opportunities. Download Coast to Coast Hoops now at vcin.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcast. While you are there, catch up on every VEASAN show as well. Welcome back to Odds On. Mike Palm here with Amal Shaw. I like what Greg's doing this year, uh, Amal, and we've been a critical of him at times throughout his tenure here at VEASAN, but he gives his number on the game. So you have to find your, what the line is, but that's his rating on the game. So he's not quoting some number from somewhere. But he's giving his rating, and then you say, look, it's two points different, it's three points different than the line I can get. You want to listen to the podcast to get his reasoning. You can. He's been successful. He's hitting at over 60%
3: again this year. Well, it's well, you know, it's pretty... I'm sure Bernie Madoff's numbers were better than, you know, Bill Ackman or anybody else.
2: I want to I wanna finish off our conversation on the initial top four seeds, right? Yeah. And the committee chairman, the guy by the name of Tom Burnett, he's commissioner of the Southland Conference, where they're known for their great basketball. But he said... The top three teams in the country, there's nothing between Gonzaga, Auburn, and Arizona. Then there's a drop-off, and the next three are very close together, Kansas, Baylor, and Kentucky. Do you agree with that?
3: No. Where's where he from, the head of the committee? Commissioner of the Southland Conference. Uh, it's understandable. Bas-
2: yes. Uh, understandable. Basketball hotbed. <laughs> yeah,
3: absolutely. Are <laughs> so, you kidding me? There is a huge gap
2: between one and two and three. He said there's not much of a gap between Gonzaga and Auburn and less of a gap
3: between Arizona and Auburn. Here's the problem with the Auburn Tigers. When you look at them, their inability to play well on the road. They lose at the O Dome. Mid Major Mike White actually comes through with the game. They almost squandered that one. And then you look at this team in terms of what they've done in matchups against Missouri, against Georgia. You think of Arizona's going into Georgia. It's coming down to a one possession game. If you think that you think the Zags and Mark Few are going in no. down there, and it's a one possession game. Arizona was down 20 in Knoxville, and it was a one possession game. Think about that. Think about that. It's it's like the old Deshaun Watson line about we didn't lose the national title. We just ran out of time. Arizona just ran out of time. And if Kirk Carissa doesn't have that terrible technical foul, they might have been Four minutes
2: to go, it changed the whole game. Changed the whole game. I want to ask you about the Wooden Award and the odds. Last Monday I was here, just the one day. Yes. Tashibwe was plus 550. I said, is he worth a bet? He's gone down to plus 175. Well, he had a
3: monster game the other day, 21 and 14. Mm. I'll tell you, he had the quietest 21 I've ever seen because Kentucky – I was watching the game intermittently, and I just look up at the stats, and this guy is just unbelievable. You know, it's not just the statistical numbers with him. He's not obviously an elite shot blocker, but he does a tremendous job. It's the effort. When you get arguably one of your best players, forget the NBA projections in terms of what's going to go on in Kentucky, but guys who are really your best player, and they give that type of effort every time you've got a great chance. Got to give Kofi Coburn a ton of credit. It's as interesting. You got three guys from the Big Ten or two, three, and four. Coburn, Davis, and Murray. Is Kofi Corbin the big time player of the year? Because I don't think so.
2: No, oh, I think it's Davis.
3: It's Johnny Davis. Yes. Absolutely. It has to be. Davis mm-hmm. has been unbelievable. And by the way, Keegan Murray was outstanding in that first half against the yeah. Buckeyes at 18 points. He has done a tremendous job. I think this team's going to be interesting when we get into March because of what they could potentially do from an offensive standpoint. Bonchero at 28 to 1 here. Worth a look? Uh no. Because when you look at this Duke team, they've been inconsistent. Uh it was Williams who had the putback dunk against yeah. Wake Forest. They didn't escape against Virginia. That they're in a very weak league. I think when you look at the other teams, the one common denominator outside of Plummer's been tremendous shooting the basketball for Illinois Davis. I mean, you've got a good committee there at Wisconsin. Murray's kind of been the solo catalyst. abachi has got some help on this team. Uh, Holmgren's got help on this team. Mathurin's got help with Arizona. I, I, for me, she, even though he's got a ton of help on this team, I would say Davis is probably the number two guy. I wouldn't have him at number three. But Sheboy's been outstanding.
2: Mitch Moss, I think, gave out Davis at 14-1 to 1 two weeks ago, which is a heck of a
3: price to have right now. The problem is Kentucky is, at this point in time since January 1, playing as well as anybody in the country, including Gonzaga and Arizona. Let me ask you this question. The guy many say will be the number one pick in the draft, the rifleman from Atlanta, Jabari Smith. He's not a top-ten candidate for the Wooden Award? You know, Kessler's been outstanding. The guard play has been terrific. Yeah. But I, I don't know if there's a player... That has hit more clutch shots for his team when they need a bucket than Jabari Smith. He's a, he's outstanding. He's going to be an absolute stud in my opinion at the next level because of his ability to stretch the ball out to the perimeter. All
2: right, let's get back to the games tonight, Amal. Uh 6 p.m. Uh, Pacific time. This is the second game on FS1 uh, from Pauley Pavilion in LA. Arizona State at UCLA. UCLA ranked 13th, 20 and five overall, 11 and four in league play. Arizona State's 10 and 15. Six and nine, but them all they've played better. Yeah. They've played a lot better than they did earlier in the year. And remember, they beat UCLA in triple overtime and Tempe as a 10-point dog on February 5th, 87, 84. In the return matchup, UCLA laying 14 with a total of
3: 133 and a half Yeah, this game, I thought this number was going to come out of 13 and a half last night in the open and came out of 14 and a half. The revenge spot here, I'll tell you one thing. The Bruins are going to win this game. Remember, they didn't play Johnny Juzang and Cody Riley on Saturday against Washington. They only beat them by about three million. Those, those were two public workouts over the Washington schools over the weekend. <laughs> really Let me was. tell you something. Absolutely, It was great that yeah. you know people showed up for that one. I, I, I think the Bruins are going to cover this game. And I, I'm going to tell you, you're going to see a tenacious defensive effort out of the UCLA Bruins today. Big number here. But I, I think Arizona State is going to be a little bit of trouble. Good road win at the Palouse a couple of weeks ago. And then they come back and just absolutely annihilate Oregon. And then the easy win against Oregon. State and Wayne Tinkle. By the way, Wayne Tinkle with three wins last year gets a contract extension. How are you feeling about that one up at, in Corvallis and Gill Coliseum right now? Boy, I tell you right now, I'd be looking for a fi- finding a way to get rid of Wayne Tinkle. Three wins this year.
2: All right. Also at six o'clock Pacific time, this game on ESPN from Gallagher, Iba, in Stillwater, Oklahoma. Number seven, Baylor at Oklahoma State. Remember, that stretch where Baylor was undefeated at number one and lost two games at home in the one week to Texas Tech and to um, to Oklahoma State a huge upset on that day as uh, as Oklahoma State beat them 61-54 in Waco. This is the return trip now. Oklahoma State winners in overtime over Kansas State over the weekend. Baylor beat TCU on Saturday after having lost at Texas Tech earlier in the week. Baylor laying four and a half on the overnight now up to five a total of 138. I'm all I looked at this game hard but I didn't want to lay five on the road.
3: I tend to agree with you. The number being a little bit high with Baylor on the road. However, I think they get the cover, but I'm going to tell you, Mike, I would look towards the under here. I think even Mm. though Baylor struggled to shoot the ball the first time around, I think you're going to see a tenacious defensive effort against Oklahoma state, who is an inconsistent shooting team. And I think that could be a problem in this matchup here. This, this to me feels like Baylor is going to try and suffocate this OSU offense. And I think they're going to be able to do that. Interesting. They had less than 120 points in the first matchup four o'clock Pacific time. On the ACC
2: Network from the Conte Forum mm-hmm. in Chestnut Hill, Massachusetts, two basketball juggernauts: Florida State meets Boston College. I'm um, all. Both teams have lost seven of eight heading into this matchup, including Boston College five straight losses. They lost 76-56 at Syracuse over the weekend. Florida State lost 88-70 to Duke at Cameron. Florida State comes in 14 and 12, seven and nine in ACC play. Boston College nine and 16, four and 11 in league play. Florida State laying one on the road with a total of 136.
3: Yeah, if Florida State's going to get on track, this is probably the opportunity. Um, but this BC team has played better at home. Florida State has just had issues since the injuries. Remember, Osborne, Polite, all these guys are out, and um, they just, uh, they've just they really struggled offensively, and that's been the biggest problem. And I don't know if they're going to be able to get on track here, Mike. This is a complete stay-away spot in this game for either side for me. All right, the first game on Big
2: Monday, 4 o'clock Pacific time, from the Dean Dome in Chapel Hill, Louisville at North Carolina. Louisville, Broke their seven-game losing streak with a win over Clemson over the weekend. 70-61 to 61 as a one-point home dog. North Carolina, an absolutely epic coaching performance by Hubert Davis. Went up to Virginia Tech and beat them. Knocked down all their free throws. I got to tell you, they, I think they went like 14-14 free throw line to maintain their lead there. But look at Carolina. They're not out of it to be in the tournament yet. They're 19-8, tied for third in the ACC. A weak ACC with Miami at 11-5. Louisville's had a disastrous year. Carolina, lane 10 now down to nine and a half with a total of 144. All.
3: Yeah, Louisville's lost seven out of eight. They get the win against Clemson over the weekend, but I think this team's in trouble. Remember, this was a tight game. that went to overtime earlier this year in Louisville. I think Carolina, this is an interesting line, Mike. I think Carolina's going to blow them out. This, these are the types of games where Carolina's been extremely successful this year in terms of certain opponents, and I feel like this is one of those games against a bad Louisville team. Boy, talk about calling for Rick Pitino to come back. This, this program is really in trouble, and they got rid of Chris Mack fairly quickly. I, I just don't see them getting things turned around right now. The Carolina won at the Yum Yum Center
2: 90-83 to 83, yeah. uh, oh. on February 2nd. All right, 4 o'clock Pacific time on ESPN2 from the Xfinity Center in College Park, just outside our nation's capital, where the Washington celebrations will be in full swing. Penn State at Maryland. Penn State has won two straight... Both home victories over Michigan State and Minnesota. They are now 6-9 and nine in Big Ten play. Maryland got the uh, automatic bye win at Nebraska, uh, oh, oh, but they had lost five straight going into uh, to Lincoln. They're 4-11 and 11 in conference play. Maryland here, laying two and a half at home with a total of 128 and a half.
3: Penn State won two in a row, right? They beat Michigan yeah. State at home and come from behind. And then Minnesota, of course, Uh, I like the Terps in this game. I think at home, laying a short number, I thought this number should have been four, four and a half. I know Maryland hasn't been overly impressive, but Ayala and Russell in that backcourt should be able to take care of business here. Uh, I I don't like Penn State on the road. I like Maryland to win this game and cover.
2: Okay, real quick here. Five o'clock on the Big 12 Network uh, at TCU, West Virginia. Both teams have lost three in a row coming into this game. West Virginia, three and ten in league play. TCU 5 and 7. TCU is laying 4, all 133.
3: Yeah, I'd get a can of paint ready for the postgame in this one. There's going to be some chip paint on the rims. Neither team could shoot the basketball. Don't want to touch this game. Don't like either side in this game. All right, when we come back, we're going to have a mall in. We'll have the Palm Reader playbook, and we'll
2: take a look at NBA future odds post-All-Star break.
1: This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw on V the Sports Betting Network.
3: No more football, no problem. Bed River Sportsbook serves up tennis, soccer, hockey, college, and pro basketball, and more. Don't miss out on BetRiver's River's many daily specials or try your hand at live player props or same game parlays. No matter what you bet on, you can count on your withdrawal approval happening fast. With more than 80% of withdrawals approved instantly at BetRivers. Get started with life after football with the BetRivers app.
2: Welcome back into
3: Odds on. Mike Palm here with Amal Shaw. Did you have any plays on Friday, Amal? I did not. Friday was a and light schedule in college basketball. Yeah. Uh, some great games on Saturday. Wish though. they put these Saturday games out on Friday morning, the Saturday. Uh,
2: Look at headlines to these games.
3: Well, then it would require the books to actually do more work. Well, yeah, it's it's taxing.
2: Uh, let, let's let's go to all I'm all in. You got to play for us. Remember, tonight. Jimmy, if was apoplectic when I said they should put the money the line up. Money on. lines on the overnights. You go. You got a talking to. A stiff, I a stiff talking talk. to from Magoo.
3: <laughs> uh, Maryland minus two and a half against Penn State. Here, gonna roll with the Terps. The Turtles get it done here at home tonight against Penn State.
2: Okay, now. Let's go to the playbook. I obviously was out last week, but I'm going to try to top Femi's three and 11. I got two plays for you here. One straight bet and uh, one a parlay. I like this New Mexico State. Let's talk about this game right now, Amal. I know you follow the WAC religiously, and this is these two teams are tied atop the WAC here, okay? This game is at 7 p.m. from Seattle, the Redhawks Center. New Mexico State at Seattle University. New Mexico State, 22-4 overall. Seattle University, 21-6. Both teams... 12-2 in conference play. Now, Seattle University is 16-1 at home. They played this game on February 5th in Las Cruces. Teddy Allen went off for the Aggies. 33 points and 11 rebounds. They were an eight-point favorite, and they covered easily. 79-64. to 64. On the return trip, Amal, this game was one and a half on the overnight in favor of the road team, the Aggies. Up to three now. I got the game at two. Here's the difference to me. When they played in Las Cruces in the Pan American Center, There were over 5,000 people in the seats. Red Hawk Arena, the fire code's 999 here. Okay, this isn't exactly a hornet's nest they're going into. I'll take the Aggies and lay the two. Your thoughts?
3: I don't particularly like this play. You look at this trio of the Red Hawks, tremendous. One of the best uh, scoring trios in college basketball. Look, Teddy Allen, there's a reason why nobody else took him except New Mexico State. Couldn't cut it in the Pac-12 at Utah. I just don't like laying two points on the road in a revenge spot here against you Would rather lay
2: 135?
3: No, it, okay. I just wouldn't t- right. touch this well, you play. say two, like the two is the key number. No, well, fair enough. Good point there. <laughs> I, I give you that one. Touche. But I just wouldn't lay points on a team on the road in a revenge spot against a team that's been really, really good this year in Seattle. I think the Red Hawks are an underrated team. They can score the basketball. And that's one thing I like in certain matchups. I don't want a team that can just defend and they're struggling offensively. I like teams that can score the basketball because New Mexico State will play well defensively. But I like the Red Hawks here. You, know who, play-
2: you know who their home loss is to? I don't know. If I'll give a. you three hundred. How many teams are there in Division One? 350. fifty-three. I'll give you three hundred forty-five. Is it Sac State? No,
3: Vermi- VMI. VMI. Well, you know what? Listen, the Cadets right. can score yeah. the basketball. Yeah. That's the thing. You got to have teams that can score the basketball. Well, Teddy Allen can score the basketball. Okay. Now my He's other chucker. other straight chucker.
2: My, other, my <laughs> high volume score. My other play yes. is an NHL parlay. You mentioned this. I did lay. I laid the puck and a half with uh, with Calgary, yeah. but that's not in the play here. That, I got plus one ten. I'm going to take a three-team money line parlay. And fade the Flyers, fade the Jets, and fade the Kraken here. I got Hurricanes minus 205, Flames minus 220, and Canucks 65. Now, all these lines have gone up since I bet it this morning. But at these prices, this parlay, I'm all placed plus 248.
3: But, you know, when you look at Hurricanes, I like their matchup. Calgary's been on a tear, winners of nine in a row. But the Vancouver one, you got a good number with that, that 165. I, I have no idea why this whole entire season we talk about this. Our producer, Britton has a big hockey guy. Some reason him and his family are religious and loyal to the Pittsburgh Penguins. I know his dad's from the area, but the reality of it is to me, this team gets too much respect. The Kraken does. You look at some of these home lines we see with them in this spot. If you were to take a team, any other team in this spot that's struggling the way the Kraken have, they, this line should be minus two dollars and plus one eighty the other way.
2: Yeah, they don't score a lot. Yeah. Thatcher Demko has been solid for Vancouver, although they're not in the playoff picture. He's not the reason. Um, I, I just I don't like it here. I don't think I. I think they're going to have to score four to win this game, and I don't see them scoring four. Well, not only that, to your point, Grubauer has not played as well. Well, how would you feel if you were Grubauer getting <laughs> traded from the Avalanche to the Kraken?
3: I would be very disappointed,
2: yeah. right? I mean, you got a team... They're basically blaming him for
3: their playoff losses. You know what, though? He has not played particularly... He didn't play particularly well at times last year. So I, I can see where they're coming from. In Washington, when they won the Cup, who was the switch made? Was it... Grubauer uh, from... was the starter, and they it had a switch, switch during the Columbus that's series. Exactly. They made the switch. They're down 0-2, and they went 4-0. To Holtby. Yeah, Brady They Holtby. went to Holtby, yeah, that's right, right. right. And then Grubauer
2: Drew Bauer got shipped out to Colorado. There's a reason a why yeah, yeah, he keeps yeah.
3: getting shipped yeah. around. I yeah. mean, it's hard to back this team. Anybody you like, I know we went over this real quick, and yeah. we're going to go to the NBA real quick. Yeah. Anybody you like, you think, that's going to really, I know you mentioned St. Louis, but they're a team that got to play well defensively. Listen,
2: I refuse to bet less than 15 to 1 on any NHL. That's future. fair. I'm just, I won't unless I, I, it's to win a division. That's fair. I don't believe in it, Amal. I
3: don't, and I've always looked at teams that are in the 15 to 30 to 1 range. I think that St. Louis team was like Leicester City, though. Do you? Yeah, I feel like it was an aberration. Bennington got hot. They played extremely but what well. What if Vileoso gets hot? He's not. Plus, I love hot. to say Vileoso. <laughs> yeah, I noticed that. <laughs> Margaret Thatcher. That's your Demko. That yeah, you. right. Yeah, that's right. Ronald Reagan's
2: favorite goalie. That's your Demko. All right, let's turn our attention now. You and Femi really focused on this a lot. I mean, these were his opening questions in the A block sometimes about the NBA. Thankfully, we don't have any games until Thursday. Um, <laughs> let me ask you this first, and I think your answer will be the same as mine. Exactly how many minutes of this All-Star game did you watch?
3: Uh, actually, the answer is incorrect. Oh, and I, I, then you went over me. I did. It was a minute and a half. At the end? No. Or it randomly switching right, I was on the phone, and somebody goes, oh, the All-Star. I go, I go, what channel? So it was on Turner. I put on 245. And then I see everybody that knows DirecTV, they know that. But uh, the point is, I put it on, and I saw what was going on. I said, they're charging people money for this scrimmage? This was a joke. I posed to you this question. Of the four major sports, should the only one to have an all-star game be baseball? It's the only one that's played with any semblance of how the real games are played. Yeah, I think so. It's funny. I was talking to my dad on the way in this morning. We said, he goes, well, he goes, it's not as bad as the NFL Pro Bowl. Well, that's the worst of all time. <laughs> Yeah, it really Touched is. Touch football, yeah, and yeah.
2: then you, get, you have to go fourth and 15 when
3: you score to give the other team the ball at the 25? I'm going to tell you, and I think the players would buy in on this, elect the players to an all-star game or to the Pro Bowl or whatever, yeah. and then just give everybody the time off and, and, and a little bonus, and uh, that's it. And I mean, because these games are a joke. All right, let's get to the NBA. Let's
2: start in the Eastern Conference here. Everybody on this network that then I follow, I follow the guys in the morning, uh, Gil a little bit, uh, Jonathan, uh, Von Tobel, and Maddie. Are we everybody writing the Nets off too quickly here? Yes, in the absolutely. Eastern Conference. I mean, the odds don't say it. They're still. They're still plus 230, but I haven't heard anybody on this network talking about they like the Nets to come out of the East.
3: First of all, Durant being hurt is actually not the worst thing in the world because you're getting that rest. You don't get the wear and tear. I mean, you have an opportunity when he comes back, and if he can get in shape and healthy at the right time, potentially adding in Ben Simmons to be a guy that can defend. You know what makes Ben Simmons a real threat with the Nets is because he plays defense. Defense is just an effort thing. And You don't have to have any skill set in that sense. And then offensively, he's going to facilitate. You're going to defer to Durant and Kyrie. The one concern I have with the Brooklyn Nets is the home games when Kyrie can't play, Mike. That could be a concern. But the fact that this team's looking like they're going to be an eight seed may not matter.
2: Nets, Bucks, 76ers, Heat, all 550 or less to win the
3: East. Who do you like the best out of those? I like Milwaukee, and I like Brooklyn second, Philly third. I'm not buying the Bulls and... Um, no heat. No, you know what? I forgot about yeah. Miami. I'm I'm incorrect on that. The problem with Miami has been though the injuries throughout the course of the season. Tyler Heroes missed about twenty percent of the games. Victor Oladipo has not been healthy. Atabayo's been in and out of the lineup at times. Jimmy Butler's been out of the lineup. Um this team's got to get healthy. Can the heat end up with the number one seed in the East? I think it's a possibility. Um, you know, I gotta pull up the standings real quick to kind of see where they stand. But to me, I'm not that concerned about that. I, I think the biggest thing is the health. Are you healthy enough? And and I think right now they're tied with Chicago. I I would take them over Chicago. Uh, Cleveland and Philly two and a half games back. I don't... Look, the Cavs are terrific, but I don't necessarily see if I buy them amongst the other four teams there. Do you think the 76ers increased their chances dramatically with the trade? I do not because of this reason. I think Harden's going to be a great addition. But I didn't like the fact that they gave away Curry. I I thought Curry should have stayed in place. I thought it would have been a benefit. If you wanted to get rid of James Harden, if you're Brooklyn, I thought if you're Daryl Morey, you could have forced their hand and said, listen... We're giving you Ben Simmons and a draft pick or whatever it was. We're not giving away Seth Curry. When we talk about the West, shouldn't Mm -hmm. you just bet the Suns
2: and the Warriors both at plus 80, 180 or better and forget about it?
3: No, because now Chris Paul's out for seven to eight weeks, six to eight weeks. Regular season ends in seven weeks. How long could that impact the postseason in terms of if he's not completely healthy? You have to be really concerned. I think right now uh, you have to look at the Warriors. And I'm going to tell you right now, you tell Britton Hess, if he says the Grizzlies again one more time, we're going to talk about Nebraska spring football and how bad they are. He likes Jaja and the boys. John Morant's great. You know what? The, here's the thing with John. You got you got a tremendous young talent, but the other four players on the floor are like fans, except they're not paying for the tickets. So you say right now, bet the Warriors. The Warriors are going to win the West. Well, because of the injury to Chris Paul, I think it changes the entire dynamic. I know he's going to be expected to come back in the playoffs, but let's say... Well, if he's out, the Warriors certainly would be cheaper than 185, right? If Let's just say there's a limited Chris Paul for the Suns. Look, I'm surprised the number hasn't adjusted yet. Mm-hmm. I think it's something that we could see an adjustment on. We'll see how Phoenix does without him. And I think also Phoenix drops off a little bit. I don't know if they give up their seven game lead against the Warriors to be able to get the one seed. But I'm not buying the Suns until we see CP3. He has been the most underrated, influential player going to a team in years. Because they didn't win the title last year, we're not talking about. It. But he was tremendous. Lakers make the playoffs? Yeah, of course. If not, they'll expand to 32 teams or whatever it is in the league. They might even put in 55 teams. Stay tuned up next Betting Across America.